I'm not going to start with any easy questions. What would you do if you couldn't fail? I was vulnerable in the sense of I was just who I was. The, the cold exposure conditions the inside of our body to literally adapt. Whatever happens in the gut happens in the brain, and whatever happens in the brain happens in the gut. Finding the grace and the humor. Anti-aging is associated with at least an hour of deep sleep nightly. Absolutely had mentors. Absolutely 100% had coaches. 90 plus percent of the decisions that we make today actually stem from fear. Allow ourselves to have imperfection. Nothing starts without a plan. Nothing ever goes to plan. Chaga is actually the most antioxidant rich food on the planet. If we can bring a practice into our lives that helps us be more vulnerable. I'm so thrilled that this content is getting out there, that you guys are, are promoting bold and vulnerable message and, and aspirations for people because I hope that we can all really live that every day. Hey, this is Jessica. And Svetlana, and you're listening to the Bold and Vulnerable Podcast. Where we aim to inspire others to live authentically through sharing the bold and vulnerable stories of peak performers across a variety of industries. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Sauna Space. I am a huge fan and user of their products and have my own photon light that has helped me heal over the past six months. Sauna is something that has gone back generations and is the ultimate rejuvenation for your entire body. I use my photon light for detoxification at the cellular level, but also for aiding with my sleep cycle and my parasympathetic relaxation. I use my photon light in so many ways while I'm meditating, if I need to recover from stress or anxiety, to counterbalance all the work I do in front of my computer all day with the blue light stress on my eyes and body, and for clearing up my skin. What I love about the Sauna Space products is that they are portable. You can connect them to any outlet in your house. And so you might be thinking, I can't have a sauna because I'm in a small apartment in New York City, or I just don't have the space. And with Sauna Space, they've really found the best solution and there's no special wiring or electrical work needed. My photon light is light and portable, and I love having that flexibility with my space. Our planet has over 100,000 chemicals and probably more that we don't even know about, and it's not enough just to cleanse once in a while. Sauna Space can provide your daily detox, and there are hundreds of studies that now show that sauna therapy is one of the most effective ways to detoxify yourself from the modern living we are accustomed to. Our sun has always been a great source of healing for us. With COVID and really wanting to boost our immune systems, I'm sure some of you have heard about vitamin D and how that can really benefit your overall immune and health. Sauna space is an accelerated healing and that incandescent red infrared light is the same type of light used in the sauna space lamps and it most closely mimics the sun and what makes it so healing for our bodies. I have a home in New England and it gets cold and overcast in the winter and you can feel that temperature dip coming, which for some people can cause seasonal depression. The sauna space lamps can help aid with these depressive states when mimicking the sun and its benefits. In addition to the chemical pollution and toxic heavy metals, we are now being bombarded with a newer toxic element, which is called EMF radiation from our cell phones, towers, Wi-Fi, smart meters, and it's clear that we need an extra layer of protection. Sauna Space is really offering this amazing EMF-free sauna experience and has pioneered this model. 
Red light therapy is something that I not only have added to my daily ritual, but I highly recommend this for anyone who wants to boost their immune system, is feeling depressed, has low sleep quality or challenges falling asleep, has any skin issues or any type of anxiety or stress. You can transform your mind-body connection and recharge so you can be at your best when you step into the craziness of each and every day. We cannot recommend sauna space enough. And of course, if you're interested, always check with your physician to make sure this is right for you. Head over to Sauna Space and use our discount code B-O-L-D-5, BOLD5, all caps. All right, everyone, welcome to the Bold and Vulnerable podcast. We've got another episode here today with the lovely Melissa May, and we can't wait to get started on her journey, but wanted to give you guys a quick look at some of the features of my home office. So we've got our photon light up here that uh, is from our partner, Sauna Space. And if you guys haven't seen our episode with the founder of Sauna Space, please go check it out. We also have an active code that you can use, BOLD5, for your discount on your own photon light. And essentially, um, we're just in love. Svetlana has one. I have one. Um, the infrared light is really wonderful for just your skin in general, but also uplifting your mood. Um, and there's so many other benefits, especially with everything that we're getting hit with in terms of technology, computers in front of your face, all this EMF uh, light that we're getting. So it's a really good balance for that. Um, but we use our photon lights all the time. And we just wanted to say, Hey, Tisana Space, and thank you so much for hooking us up. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but um, today we have Melissa May with us, and I'm so excited to talk to her because um, it was just such a, it's just been such a cool journey for me to see her path and her growth. And I got introduced to Melissa when I took one of her yoga classes in San Francisco, and um at the time, I was not a yoga teacher. It was pre my, my yoga teacher days. And somebody says, you have to take Melissa's class. Um, it was a hot yoga, like hot Bikram style class. And I went in there and within like the first three minutes, I was like, whoa, I'm dizzy. Like what's happening? Um, and she like completely rocked my world. And so I kept going back to that class, back to that class, back to that class. And she just became one of my favorite yoga teachers and was one of the inspirations for my journey to becoming yoga, a yoga teacher. So I wanted to just give her that wonderful plug. Um, but she's so much more than a yoga teacher. I'll, I'll read a little bit of her bio here and then I'll let Melissa kind of give you her own spin on what she's been doing and her journey. Um, so just pulling up your bio here. So Melissa May is an intuitive healer, a yoga teacher, overall badass from San Francisco. She currently lives in Hawaii on the island of Oahu. I'm so jealous. Can't <laughs> wait to hear that journey. <laughs> and as an ex-comic, she has a flair for the funny while facilitating spiritual awakenings for her students. She studied and lectured on ancient scriptures and e Eastern philosophy, 
led chakra juice cleanses, as well as taught the physical practice of yoga for nearly 10 years. She's a level two Reiki healer, a doula in training, and a published poet. Her love of life and earned wisdom shines through in her classes and in her general demeanor, and I will definitely vouch for that. Um, you, you have to check her out. We'll put all the links below for you guys. But welcome to the show, Melissa, and we are so happy to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I am so stoked to be a part of this. Um, like longtime listener, first time podcaster with you. And uh, this is just such a pleasure. And I had no idea that you weren't a yoga teacher when you came to my class. I did not know that. I thought you are. I thought you were. I was not. No, I went on my journey. I think it was in 2016. I can't remember what year it was, but um, I was going to a bunch of yoga classes and I became, I started, I mean, I've always been into wellness and fitness, um, but I started to um, just pay attention a little bit more to mobility and movement. Mm -hmm. And I originally went and got my teacher certification with the intention that I wanted to just have the right alignment. I wanted to know what the moves were. I wanted to know what the alignment was, but then this like fire got lit and I just was like, no, I'm teaching now. I'm going to be a teacher. <laughs> so it, wow. was, it was, it was this other like worldly experience, but yeah, you were definitely one of the people that was an inspiration for my journey there. So thank you. Oh man, that's, that's big. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I feel like, uh, in my years of teaching yoga, um, I've been a facilitator for teacher trainings as well. And um, being a teacher of teachers has been probably my, one of my, if not the biggest like privileges, I feel. Um, I, I really am grateful. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That just, that touches me, you know, like uh, this year specifically, I feel like uh, I've been really reminded of my purpose. And I think a lot of people can attest to that or, you know, trying to align themselves with their purpose more so than they have maybe in years past. Um, but, you know, it's, it's stories like that. It's, it's connections like this that kind of remind me um, or affirm to me that like right path doing, doing the, the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I know I gave a bio of kind of what you've done and all these accolades, but I feel like you, you have so much more depth than that. So maybe give us a little snippet as to what you're doing right now and, um, and maybe take us on a little bit of a journey. How did you go from San Francisco? And I know you recently moved to Hawaii. So I did. Yeah. Yeah. Give us a yeah. little snippet. I'm very curious to hear about this journey. Okay. Uh, so I, I'm going to give it to you like timeline wise. So it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit, yeah, like a journey, like you say. So, um, when I first started practicing yoga without teaching it, um, it was mostly through books and, um, like one DVD, like just, you know, randomly in like college, my junior year, I think. And, uh, when I graduated college, I traveled through Southeast Asia into India and Egypt solo 23 years old, like way to go, Melissa, baby Melissa, uh, you know, taking risks. Um, but like learned so much simply by experiencing life in other places. Right. And, uh, it was there and throughout the journey that I came upon different like pagodas and different temples and different ways of, um, practice. And, uh, and so when I came home, I'm originally from Southern California and I say I'm from San Francisco now because that is home. 
more the more so than anything in the southern region but uh originally my roots are in socal and so when i got back i had like a reverse culture shock and i was like no 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 this is not <laughs> so i ended up moving to colorado and it was there that i actually took my first class in studio and i was like no shit like you can you can teach this and you can make a living that began my journey on this um, path. And so I then, you know, did a, a couple trainings. I ended up moving to the Santa Cruz mountains where I lived with my Baba, my, my Guruji, who um, is Baba Haridas and uh, may he rest. He passed away in 2018. Uh, but I got to live on the mountain with him um, at the same time. So it was a very potent time in my spiritual journey. And uh, he was a silent monk for over 50 years. He took a vow of silence. And so I then began to observe silence with him. And, you know, if, if you've ever done a Vipassana or just, you know, actually just maybe just had a silent morning, even, you know, that it's just very, it's just, it's a very, um, revealing kind of practice, right? So through that, and you know, of course, meditation is silence as well, right? So you're sitting with yourself and witnessing yourself in your mind. And um, th so through those different practices, I was able to kind of um, develop a deeper relationship to myself in a spiritual way, more than like an egoic way of like, oh, I'm Melissa and this is what I do in the real world. And this is my purpose. Uh, and instead it kind of just unfolded. So, um, started teaching yoga, um, in 2011 and, you know, was really bad at it for a while. Uh, <laughs> you know, you just got to get the words out. And, um, and now, uh, through that and through me teaching for as long as I have, um, I, am able to kind of facilitate like layers to it, right? So um, been doing that. I became a Reiki level one in 2011 as well, I think, or 2012 um, with my Reiki master in Colorado as well. And um, I'm like ninth in line from Osui, the original, like it's, it's a very strong lineage that I come from and I'm very, very um, grateful for that as well. And uh, yeah. So then moved to SoCal from Colorado again, trying to like get my bearings, but I knew I wanted to live in San Francisco. And so I was like, okay, by the time I'm 30, I'm going to go there. And uh, my timeline is always sped up and that comes to Hawaii as well. Uh, by the time I was 28, I got there. So, you know, I um, made a, made a mission and got there and that's where I met you. That's where I got into teaching full time. So I was a hospice caregiver and what I've now come to terms with as doula, like I was helping people transition in that way. Um, but without the title, of course, I was just um, their caregiving. And, um, and then when I moved to San Francisco, it was full-time yoga. And so I was focusing more on the transformation inwardly than like out of body or in body. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I like stole the mic. I feel like I'm just talk, talk, talking, but um, you did ask me a question. So there's that. But uh, I, um, I had witnessed, this is like another backtrack in time. I witnessed my sister give birth to her third baby and my youngest nephew in 2012. Uh, and when I witnessed that, I felt like, oh my God, like I want to be a part of this for other women. And so I've had the feeling 
and the desire to be a doula for eight years, but it just didn't present itself um, in the right time. And I definitely work to allow things to unfold. Of course, it's a practice, right? Uh, but in order to let that happen, like first I had to teach full time for, you know, the six years I lived in San Francisco and I had to move to Hawaii to even be able to have the space to do that uh, next training. And um, last thing I'll say about like, you know, my path to where I am presently is uh, through, you know, I go to therapy, I have a therapist, I, I believe in help uh, and resourcing, you know, and pooling resources for your best life. Um, there's a time and a place for both, both East and West, you know, um, approaches. But uh, my therapist and I were talking about it and I had moved to San Francisco LOL for a guy. I uh, was like, oh, you know, like this is it. Like he's the one. And uh, and then it turns out that like I'm the one, right? So like through a couple questions, you know, my therapist was like, all right, do me a favor. And for the listeners here, like really think about this if you're considering something um, going down a different way. Well, she had said, um, what is your best day? You know, and uh, and I was like, okay. Let me throughout all my travels, my best day would include swimming in a warm ocean, period. Like that is just something that is my best day. So like if I could wake up in the morning, swim in warm waters, um, I'm not looking for a different job. So like I would teach yoga still, you know, and then like work with like healing arts in general, like, you know, Reiki or um, something else along those lines, maybe lecture on philosophy and then um, watch the sunset, you know, and be very close to nature. And so then after I kind of ironed that out, I was like, okay, well, what is missing from San Francisco is the warm waters. Like everything else I do here, I love, right? And so then the second question she asked, which was like, she was like, okay, well, if you were to come to me and say, I've met the love of my life, she's amazing, meaning me. Uh, I'm going to, she's like, where would you move for you? And I was like, Hawaii. Huh. And it just like, like, bing, you know, light bulb, like, oh, illumination. Um, so then that was like last year, actually, like around this time, um, before the new year, I had decided and I shared it with my people. And I was like, if you don't know, now, you know, I am moving to Hawaii. And my big plan LOL, was to do that in 2021. I was like, okay, the year 2020 is going to be my farewell tour. I'm going to go to Colorado and see my Reiki master again. I'm going to go to New York and see my homies there. I'm going to see one of my best friends in Chicago. I'm going to do all these things and then tie it up in a little bow and move in 2021. And then I probably won't leave and people can come to me, you know, because I love to travel. That's a big part of my life and love. But, um, yeah, I, you know, things were derailed. <laughs> and um, I was in San Francisco doing what I'm doing now, which is teaching yoga online. Um, if I'm going to be doing the same thing here that I'm doing there. And so in July, I sold all my stuff, got out of my place by the end of July, and moved here in August. Woo! I know so what a trip. Much, so much to unpack. Um, I, I love a lot of what you were saying, and I just want to honor that you, um, that you're going to therapy and that you have gone to therapy, and I think that that's just a vulnerable thing that a lot of people don't like to talk about. Um, totally. But it, 
but like you said, there's some times and there's some things that can come out of that that are good on the east and the west side of this this medicine and this spirit that we can bring to ourselves. Um, right. And um, and I w- just wanted to honor that because for our listeners out there, like no shame in the game. I've got a therapist. We all got therapists. <laughs> like, Yo, like everybody needs a therapist. Like that's the real <laughs> shit. And also like, if you're going to be holistic, that means like incorporating all things, not just one thing, like holistic Absolutely. means whole. Right. So yeah. I, uh, thank you. Thank you for that shout out. Cause yeah, it is something that there is a lot of stigma around and like being a yoga teacher, people look at you like you're the truth. Like you figured it out. And I'm like, yeah, but I have a team of people. <laughs> like it's not, it's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love that. And I also wanted to honor the fact that you decided to design your life and whether it was that person that kind of gave you that mind blown experience, but I'm sure it was all these other things that have been coming to you in subliminal messages or that you already knew subconsciously, but you decided to design your life and Hey, it got derailed a little bit too. And that's okay because that's what happens when you design your life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not going to go perfectly. You don't design it on a little piece of paper. And then you're like, this is how it's going to go. And this, this is how it will, and, and a little bow, like you mentioned, but if you don't write it down, if you don't think about it, if you don't design it, somebody else is going to take that power from you and they're going to weave you into whatever they want, the version of your life that they want. So I also wanted to just kind of honor that process of designing where you want to be for you and falling in love with yourself. Um, Because I think that a lot of people can probably relate to doing something for somebody else, whether that's a, you know, a lover or their parents or their families or, um, or their friends and um, or their job, their boss, right? Job, yeah. boss. Oh gosh, I've been there, done that, right? And so we all have that that experience where we're like, eh, was that for me? Was that really for me? And and so I, I love that deeper journey that you've been on. Um, I also want to unpack kind of a little bit more when you were in San Francisco yeah. for, and if, if I think we're probably going to get a little bit more vulnerable, <laughs> vulnerable here, but when I first met you, <laughs> when I first met you, you looked a lot different than you do right now. And I wanted to get into that journey because I think it's important for people to know that you are a magical being, a, a healthy and beautiful being. And, um, and I think for me, like in no, in no way did I, did I look at you any differently other than the fact that I was so inspired by your journey? And I just said to myself, whoa, like, I I, want to be close to this person. And so it was just this weird feeling where you just inspired me so much to be a better person internally, but you went through a a journey, I'm sure was internal and external, but I wanted to, to kind of see if you felt comfortable talking about that and kind of how you went through that journey. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like a lifelong, uh, journey, uh, right. You know, it's not just like one day you're like, Oh my God, I love myself entirely. And then you just never have a day, a day where you're like, I'm a bloaty fat mess. Like, I don't like this, you know, like there's just, there's so many layers, like, like I was saying, um, but yeah, I did go through like an inward transformation that then eventually kind of showed outwardly. Right. And, uh, I will attribute that to a few things. And um, the first thing is that 
I am actually like my computer's actually stacked on a bunch of my books that I read and Eastern Body, Western Mind by um, Anadea Judith is one of them. And the other book that uh, really changed my life was The Wheels of Light by Anadea Judith as well. She is like the guru, so to speak, of chakras uh, and the science behind them. And um, if you were to have asked me like, you know, 15 years ago, like, Melissa, would you be like, you know, doing this inward work according to an ancient science that like, you know, is like a rainbow within your spine? Like, <laughs> I'd probably be like, get the fuck out of here. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, but I, I really did um, kind of go through it. And the thing is, is like the work is never done, right? And like for me, how I view my journey is not like a linear one, right? It's not like, oh, first I, I did this and then I did that. I see it more as like a flat circle. And I know I'm not alone in that theory, but I feel like, and it's not even flat, it's actually dimensional, but I feel like uh, I spin deeper and deeper toward understanding through like the lessons that are recurring within my own life. And one of them is about a, like a deep self-love. And, uh, and it is like, on you know, it is a love of the physical body. However, I do realize that I am much more than this representation. Like this body's on loan. It's not forever, but it is for now, right? So in that way, let's take care of it. Right. So, uh, I had done several juice cleanses, um, prior to my work when I was living in San Francisco, which I think set the stage for the work to actually really land in a very transformative way. Um, but I, I, uh, took a trip to Peru four years ago. And when I was there, I decided, you know, I've done juice cleanses where it's like, okay, I'm going to focus on my root chakra for a day you know and it's like that's cool that's cute but like a day baby oh yeah that's not gonna be enough that's not enough time and so at this place in my life I said you know I think because okay so gosh sorry all over the place uh the thing that I've done in years past and this is something that like I think a lot of people do at new year's is I set goals on my birthday so then I say by the time I'm 28 I will be in San Francisco teaching yoga full time. By the time I'm 29, I'll be in a healthy, loving relationship. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's great to set goals. Sometimes you don't meet them. Sometimes you do. Um, but um, on my 31st birthday, I had said, I am going to study the root, my root chakra for a full year. And I'm going to take that at my sec 32nd birthday. And I will then study my sacral chakra. And so it's been a very prolonged study, but it also affords me the time to where I don't have to rush through these things, right? Um, the root chakra specifically is about, you know, your physical body, right? Like your sac sacral chakra is your emotional body. Um, but this is the physical body, right? So um, I was focusing on my physical body. It's also about your family of origin, right? It's also about having your basic needs being met. And upon all of those things, there's deeper psychology of all of that too. And like the shadow aspect of the root chakra is fear, right? So I had to also kind of approach and look how fear comes up for me in different ways. And so I took my 31st year to study the root chakra. And by doing so, 
I did another juice cleanse because I realized that I use food as like one of my basic needs to be met, but that is the one that I go to because it's never not there. It's always available. And if I can use it to make myself feel grounded, if I can use it to kind of mute some of the deeper feelings of fear, then I use it. And so through that year, I lost about 40 pounds because I really changed my whole relationship to my physical body, right? In order to do that too, I also had to work on, and this was something of seven years because I quit cigarette smoking a long time ago, but from quitting cigarette smoking, I gained about 40 pounds and I, there was just no way of getting it off of my body. Um, and so that in and of itself, I just had to work on loving myself at that weight too. You know, like I would lead my students through this saying, you're not going to hate yourself into a size two. And then all of a sudden love yourself. You're going to have to love yourself into a size two. You know what I mean? So it's like, for me, I had to work on loving myself where while, you know, taking care of this physical body, moving in a way that isn't punishment, you know, because a lot of us, and I say this to my students all the time too, I'm like, you know what, this is not so you can have pizza later, fuck that, do this, but also have pizza later and don't feel bad about it, you know, and, and, um, and that was my truth. That was, that was why I started this journey. And that's actually the physical transformation that everybody was able to witness, you know, and it was, it was very nice, um, to, you know, be seen both before and after, so to speak. And um, also to be, you know, encouraged and celebrated um, because I was taking care of myself. You know, I was, I was really taking good care. And, uh, and from that, the first root chakra, so I have like lessons that have like kind of taught me throughout the years. And the root chakra is really about um, walking for me. That is actually the movement that feels the best. So I just, I make my body walk. I, it's not like I'm running 20 miles a day. Like, fuck that. I hate running. I love walking though. So, you know, then I just kind of made that the thing. Sacral chakra. It's all about your hips, your sexuality, your creativity. I healed that chakra. So there's like movements that you can do to heal. Right. And, um, something connecting to your feet, your root, and then connecting to your hips for your sacral chakra, I started twerking. And you know that I was leading twerk shops. And, uh, and it goes so much deeper than just like, learn how to shake your ass, ladies. It's like, no, it's actually trauma release, right? You study animals, you throw a dog into a pool, it gets out, what does it do? It shakes it off, right? And so there's actually like a whole movement of TRE, trauma release, where people shake their bodies to release the trauma that we hold on to. And so for me, I just put on some fucking trap and I'm just like, you know, I fucking, I love it. I, I love dancing. So that was like the thing that helped me heal in that way. Solar plexus, ooh, child, like that was not expected as like how I took care of myself, but that's like the ego identity, right? And that's autonomy and independence. So my work was more internal last year of creating healthy boundaries, uh, which I had never really done. And I thought I was good at it. You know, it's so interesting when you go deeper and you're like, oh, actually, you just like think that you do that, but you actually do not do that. Mm -hmm. And um, a beautiful thing that got me here is that my 34th birthday, 
I moved into the heart chakra and that's, you know, the color green. It's about unconditional love. And here I am in Hawaii, which is resplendent in green, uh, lush in its way, definitely deeply into the feminine energies of nature and um, moving with the rhythms of just myself, but also with the heart of the land. So I just feel like um, I couldn't have planned this. You know, I didn't see myself like, oh yeah, when I'm in my heart, I'm gonna be in Hawaii. It just so happened to be this way and I'm grateful. Yeah, it, it worked out. Well, uh, thank you for sharing all of that, first of all, because I know that that's, that's a great answer to a deep and, uh, and vulnerable question. And I do want to say, I fell in love with you when before you had gone through that journey, or you might have been on just at the beginning of it. I'm not sure exactly where you were in 2016, but um, no, I was. That was before. That was, that was before. before. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I saw this physical change, but I also I I, I saw that you were going through a, like a journey and in, in, internally as well. But I fell in love with you just as you were, and I think that the, the main part of that was because you loved yourself so much, or at least it seemed that way, you know, I know it's oh. hard for us all to, to love ourselves, you know, and we, that's a journey and that's, that's a, you know, a path and a progress and it's a daily um, choice that we make. But I, I went to your class and I said, Oh shit, like she's, she's doing it like, Oh my gosh. And so for me, it was one of those experiences where um, I, I took your class and you were just so confident in all of the movements that you were doing, alignment, everything. And, and, and it kind of got me a little bit obsessed with alignment. And like mm. I said, like how, how we're treating our bodies, not just is it, okay, I want to look this way or I want to do this. Okay, well, that might last a couple of years, but how are we treating our joints? How are we treating um, our body for longevity? And so a lot, a lot of the things that you were saying were just so resonating with how are you, how are you treating yourself? How are you loving yourself? And you had this air about you and this confidence. And I don't know if it, if it just came off that way because you were going through this self-love journey or not, but it really was inspirational. And then to see this whole entire other journey unfold, um, where, like you said, you went through this physical, um, journey, but also the juice cleanses and everything you were doing to, to feed that chakra, to really kind of give yourself that love. Um, but there's so much to unpack again. And I know Svetlana is probably like <laughs> chomping at the bit to ask questions too. Um, so I'll, I'll give you the floor, Svetlana, so I'm not uh, dominating Melissa's time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, first I want to say the part where you said, I'm not going to hate, hate myself into a size two was just like, wow, that was just you really resonate with that because I think that as women, we can all relate to that at some point in our life where we're just like, you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, God, you know, I, I used to say like really horrible things to myself. And I've even caught myself a couple of times this year, like after having a baby, like being so harsh and I'm just like, I just created a life. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> I just literally created a life. And what, you know, it's like, who are you, who are you to talk to me this way? <laughs> sort of, you know, but I really, Absolutely. because I used to really hate myself into being a certain size. And I, even when I would get to that size, I was so unhappy and miserable and unhealthy mm -hmm. in general because of the, like my mind, body, soul. Like, it's not like I was really feeding my body, uh, 
the right way um, with my thoughts and with the food that I was taking in as well. So I really resonated with that. And I love when you said um, holistic, I say that too, like whole mind, body, soul. Um, and I just love how you study the chakras because I'm really big on that myself too. Like I, I took a pranic healing um, mm. I'm certified in like the first level. I didn't get to do like the, the rest yet. And it's a process as well. And it's deep and it's so much in chakras. And I'm obsessed with it because I feel like a big part of my own healing um, before I could even get pregnant, I really needed to heal my um, sacral and root chakra mm. because I could not get pregnant for a long time. And it wasn't that we weren't trying, but it was that I feel like my emotional body wasn't ready for it. Um, I wasn't expanded enough, you know? I mean, I would constantly have issues in my, you know, my hips and lower back stuff, you know? So Mm -hmm. um, I just think that the way you speak and how you speak and, everything that you're doing, it can really feel is just so pure and deep and coming from such a loving centered place. Thank you. I love that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, it is, this is like lifelong here. Uh, like, um, I think it, I think, well, okay. So I used to do stand-up comedy when I lived in Southern California. This was years ago. Uh, and it was really fun. I mean, fucking, I, I love making people laugh clearly. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's like, for me, one of my joys that I actually bring into how I teach as well, because it's just like, my yeah. idea is when people laugh, mm-hmm. they're present. They're not thinking of anything else. They're right here. Like we're together, me and you. And, uh, and so, um, yeah, I just, I, I really do come from like a place where I, I like to make people laugh. And I also like, um, I just like, I would say, I would make a joke. Like if I could run across a beach into my own arms, I would like, mm. oh baby, like <laughs> it's you and me. <laughs> um, and I'll be, I'll be vulnerable in this moment. I, um, I slow dance with myself. I slow dance with myself as a practice. Um, and I put my arms around myself and I kind of like, I, you know, I nuzzle, I I cry sometimes like, yeah, that's the sad truth is like, I don't have someone to slow dance with. So like, I have to be my partner. I have, you know, so like, it's come from a place of like, (sighs) there has been definitely deep sadness, you know, but also in that way of, um, deep love. Like, you know, Brene Brown, how she says, like, you know, the vulnerability is the birthplace for unconditional love. Like, it truly is, like, to be vulnerable and to be, like, I am alone and I'm kind of sad about it, you know, or not even kind of. See, I minimized, but, like, I was sad about it. So, like, what did I do? You know, I I had to nurture myself. Or as in doula training, we say mother the mother, you know, like, I had to mother myself and uh, give myself the nurturing love that I, I so needed. And now years after doing, you know, this kind of loving kindness work to myself, it is second nature. It doesn't even, I don't even think about it. Like for example, when I quit smoking cigarettes and I gained all of this weight, oh, I was so mean. I was so mean to myself. 
And so I made a point to look in the mirror and say, I love you, Melissa. I love you. I love you, Melissa. I love you. And now, shit you not, I'll be walking on the street and all of a sudden, just a random thought, because it's that neural pathway, it'll just spring up and I'll think to myself, I love you, Melissa. And I'm just like, I love you too, self. Like, you're so cute. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, I'll be vulnerable. I've, I've made love to myself. Hey. Yeah, that's what's like, up. Thinking of myself. And it was an intentional practice that I was like curious about. I'm like, Hey, why don't I just masturbate to myself? <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. I'm so about that. Hell yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was like, come, why do I have to think of someone else or my partner? Why don't I think of myself? <laughs> uh-huh. That's what's up, dude. I like, told my I, partner and he's like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's hot. I don't know about you, but like that kind of gets me going. <laughs> Truly. I uh yeah, I, I make the joke, of course, here I am with jokes, but like I, I would say all the time, like nobody loves me more than me. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I take care of myself <laughs> in every way, but yeah. You have to, right? You have right. to take, you got to love yourself first before you, you can't search it outside of yourself. Right. You know? It's not, it's not something you can outsource. People do no. that, yeah. right? I definitely have been one of those people. Uh, but like, it's an in-house job and, you know, there's, there's that big idea. And like, you know, there's a lot of conversations around it of like, you know, can you truly love someone if you don't love yourself? And it's just, it's an interesting thing that like, I've, I've been on both sides of it. I've been able to say like, yes, you can love someone if you don't love yourself. And other times I'm like, absolutely not like not fully, you know, it's, it's such a fascinating thing. And it is like Jessica said, like a daily, a yeah. daily choice, daily thing. Oh, absolutely. I love that you, that you're in your head and that you, you mentioned it's a neural pathway. So if you say it to yourself enough for the people that are out there that are really struggling with this and struggling, even with looking in the mirror and saying, I love you, I love you self, you know, whatever your name is, fill in blank name there. Mm-hmm. Um, but just if you do it over and over and over and have this gratitude practice for yourself, like Melissa said, it will just be a neural pathway that will just pop up when you need it the most. And so I love that. I think that that's a really good kind of biohack or practice um, for, you know, living a, a healthy and, and internally wealthy lifestyle. Um, I want to get into the heart chakra practice because I know that you you mentioned a lot about the root and we've talked a lot about your journey to becoming a doula and how much that resonated with you. Um what have been the biggest lessons for you in kind of moving to Hawaii and getting into the heart chakra and feeling this, this opening? What have been the lessons for you? Or, or maybe not even lessons. What have been your experiences? I'm, I'm just kind of, I want to leave it more open-ended so you can have, uh, you know, the autonomy to give, a, give an answer that resonates with you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, it's, it's actually, I turned 34 in August. And so it hasn't been that many months that I've been dwelling in my heart space. Um, and this actually, this can be uh, probably some of the most vulnerable information I'm going to share because it's so new. It's fresh. Uh, I'm still, I'm still uncovering and understanding it. Um, but 
in order for me to, you know, get to this place, you have to go through the bottom three, right? And this is kind of the bridging point of like physical to metaphysical. So it's the both it's, you know, as we we're saying about like holistic, it's um, both, you know, of body and then of spirit. And it's like right in the middle. And um, last year's work of the solar plexus chakra and me like creating healthy boundaries um, was also a moment where I had to kind of, um, <sighs> I'm take a breath on that one, uh, except the abuse that I have grown up with and that I lived in a very enmeshed family where there were no clear boundaries. There wasn't any type of privacy um, in, in my immediate family. And um, there is just a lot of, there was some physical abuse, not much, but you know, there was enough for me to say like, there was some physical abuse. It was mostly though, mental abuse and emotional abuse. And, um, and so as I'm now moving into the heart center, you know, how love brings up everything unlike itself. So for me, as I'm practicing, you know, remaining in my loving center, um, I have to acknowledge everything that is not um, something I'm, I'm realizing as far as patterning goes, because I am still single. Um, and I've been dating a little bit, which has been really, really great. Uh, actually, since I've moved here specifically, um, you know, I make a joke, like, I don't know her, but we like her. Like I've been directly applying things that I've thought of, learned, but not really been able to directly applicate um, to new people and new instances, you know? And so um, like, for example, with the boundaries, like I've been creating healthy boundaries with these people I'm dating. Uh, I'm clearly communicating my feelings and being much more emotionally intelligent instead of just being like, you're supposed to be a mind reader. Can't you tell I'm annoyed? Uh, and so, you know, with that being said, I'm also having to be a lot more cognizant of my emotions. And, um, and so something that I've uncovered most recently being in my heart is that because of the trauma and the abuse I've experienced, say, quote, in the name of love, right, from a parent, um, I have then sought that in other relationships. And I thought, and I claimed that the abuse I would receive in a relationship, because I've had several, you know, abusive partners in the past, not necessarily physical. I've never been hit by a partner, but it's definitely been manipulative and emotionally abusive. But I, I would say, oh, they must be in love with me. Like I, I, I label it love because that's what I've been given in the name of love by my parent. And so I'm unpacking. And instead of me saying, oh, he must love me because he's treating me this way. I actually call it what it is. And I say, that is abuse. And I'm not, I'm not here for it. So I'm redirecting and, and choosing consciously to step away from people who are, you know, X, Y, and Z, very similar to, you know, like um, my father. So yeah, it's, uh, that's been the biggest thing. Um, and loving myself through these understandings because it is quite heavy. It is, uh, it's not easy to, to face. 
Well, first of all, thank you for sharing all of that. Um, I, it, it, it like really hits home in my heart that you shared that. I, um, I'm in a situation right now where my, my husband has kids mm-hmm. and they are being emotionally abused and manipulated and um, not by him, <laughs> but, um, and it's really, it, it's so hard to be somebody outside looking in at something that's happening, you have no control over it. And then to think, you know, the thoughts in my head are, what are these kids going to be like in 15 and 20 years? What is, what's their journey going to be? Because it's going to hit them at some point. Like for you, you're 34. And so for me, I've been like, when is this going to hit them? Mm -hmm. They're very young right now. And it's like, it's, hard to even look at everything that's going on because you're like, I have no control over this. I can't control what somebody else is doing to somebody. Mm -hmm. But to know that you are going through this journey and to, to know that you're working through these emotions almost gives me hope in a way Mm -hmm. that, you know, these people that I love so dearly might have that same experience. Um, But I think also, people can probably resonate with you that you did go through some sort of abuse. My, my question, you don't have to answer if you don't want to, um, what, what was some of the more emotional stuff that you went through? Like what, what was it that was emotionally damaging? What were these deep parts that you've kind of uncovered? Yeah. Um, well, thank you for sharing about your husband's children. Um, I can only imagine witnessing something that, like you said, you have no control over, and yet you know that there's going to be ramifications for lifelong, you know, because mm-hmm. um, this, this doesn't, it doesn't leave you, right? You know, as that famous book once says, like the body keeps score and we keep it within us, right? And we can heal it, but it's not something that, like anything that we've been talking about, like, oh, poof, it's gone. You know, it's, it's something that will remain. And, uh, and so for me with the emotional, um, things, I would say, and, you know, I don't want to run my family in the mud. You know, I, I, I truly do love and appreciate. And I think that they absolutely did the best they could. And, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing how, you know, um, for example, uh, my father's father never said, I love you. Never like not very often, if ever. And he's still my grandfather. Like I say, love you. And he's like, okay, thanks for calling. Like there's, you know. And so that made an impact on him to the point where he would say to my mother, like, we are going to say, I love you to our children every single day. So I wouldn't go a day without him saying, I love you. But within that same day, he might turn around and just scream at me because I left the cap off the toothpaste or I dropped a, you know, a, glass of milk and I have to clean it up. Um, Some of the emotional things I would say is that it was very much a performative thing where I would receive love if I did well. And, you know, children aren't perfect. Nobody is. And so if I were to do well, I would receive love, affection. But if I did something poorly or I failed, I would be withheld. You know, I, I wouldn't be supported. I wouldn't be embraced. Um, 
And so, you know, that plays a, a deep part on like some emotions are good and some emotions aren't. And that's not true because it's just simply a spectrum, right? For me, that's my own understanding. Um, so there was like a lot of performative type of um, affection given in my family. Um, other emotional things is that, you know, um, being a girl, especially in the West, with all of these different beauty standards, I was not true to form your typical beauty. I have freckles. I have a birthmark on my face. I have red hair. Um, I was always generally the chubbier of the friends. And so such as like, just a question of, are you sure you wanna wear that? Sorry, the sirens in the background. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's just like, you think that someone says, I love you unconditionally. I love you regardless. It'll pass. <laughs> there we go. Okay, it's gone. Uh, so if you want, we can like rewind and I can like, yeah, edit. Um, but you know, hearing, um, hearing someone that claims to love you and, uh, and then they make you feel bad for the way you look. Um, it wasn't all the time, but I was called chubby. I was called like, I don't think fat was ever wor the word used, but it was like, you know, look a little overweight. You look a little out of shape. And the thing is, is that we don't necessarily as adults maybe notice just how much influence our words have to young minds um, because we kind of forget just how impressionable we were. But holy shit, I mean, that made an impression on me so much that I had a negative critic in my mind up until I decided to love myself regardless of my size, which was years later. So um, those would probably be a good few examples of like the emotional, you know, type of stuff that I've gone through. Yeah. And thank you so much for sharing that. And I think, you know, in, in anyone's journey, it doesn't, it didn't start with you. It didn't start with your dad. It didn't start with his dad. This is healing so many generations like your journey right now your journey of healing is almost putting you know you're putting a line in the sand and saying no more right no more um but also like you said we're not perfect and so there are things that you could pass on to future generations who knows what they are mm -hmm. but i think our our duty to to you know passing on these souls because again we're our bodies are their skin suits, right? But as we pass on these souls, we can heal some of that past trauma. And mm -hmm. a lot of the times, especially, you know, physical abuse, you know, proven, but mental abuse as well, it's uh, abusers abuse and abused, abused, abuse, abuse. And so you have to consciously say no more. And I think for you, it might've even been, you were abusing yourself until you found that self-love. That's that. Right. Absolutely. That love to overcome it all. Um, so it's, it's just such a unique journey that you've, that first of all, you're staying in these chakras for a year each. I mean, that's just like, we didn't even mention that, but holy cow, that what a deep dive into getting to know yourself, to getting to know your journey, yeah. but also 
this like opening of your rib cage and like your heart is totally exposed and you know the biggest back bend you could ever do is <laughs> is, is this journey and um so I appreciate you sharing all of that and I think it will really resonate deeply with anyone who's felt that abuse and and I love that you that you say that you know you don't want to drag your family through the mud. I don't think anyone does. I think all we want to do is shine love and light. Um, And again, I don't think it's any, I don't think it's your dad's fault. I don't think it's your grandfather's fault. You know, generations back, like we don't even know hundreds of years what might've happened to people in our lineage that they've carried through with them and used as survival mechanisms to just get through their everyday life. So Thank you for sharing it. And hopefully, um, and I'm sure people that are listening are going to resonate very deeply with just your honesty um, and your authenticity in, in what you shared. Yeah, thank you. I um, I do, I think, you know, and this is maybe something you felt when you first took class with me is um, I try, I don't even try. I just, I am who I am at this point in my life. Like, you know, of course, catch me when I'm 22. I didn't know who I was, you know, like that, <laughs> but you met me at a time when it was like, no, like, um, I know who I am and I know what I have to offer. You know, for example, I went on a date recently and, uh, you know, this, this guy randomly cut me off mid sentence and was like, you are so beautiful. And I was like, thank you. And he's like, oh, and you take compliments very well. And I was like, well, at 34, I know what I am and I, I know I'm beautiful. So I appreciate it. But it's not like, oh my God, I'm going to fall all over myself. Like, give me your dick right now. Let me suck it. It's like, no, it's like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not like, uh, yeah, it's not some, it's not news to me at this point. And so for me to, you know, be able to be completely honest with myself <laughs> and you can edit that out. I'm sorry if oh, that's too much. I was it. thinking actually that would be when a really can... good sound bite. <laughs> We don't edit here. This is this is real talk. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm here for it. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh, it's true though. It's it's something that like, um, by by being my full self, you know, I feel like I give permission as as so many quotes throughout time say. Like, I give permission for people to be themselves fully too, and that means the battered parts. That means the hurt parts. That means the things that aren't healed yet. Um, I actually have a client who we started the chakra journey for her and she's on her route for this year of her life. And, uh, and it's just something that it's not like I, I'm not like every day, like, Hey, here's an affirmation. Here's something that you can do. We check in once a week and it's just like, how's this going? And sometimes those weeks get pushed out because life, you know, and, And it's really something that like when I'm doing the work, even for myself over the years or over the year of whatever chakra I'm on, um, I go months without opening my book because I just need things to marinate. I need things to kind of just settle before I move on to something else, which is why I take 12 months, you know, so I don't have to force anything. I don't have to hurry up and rush. Yeah. Do you, um, do you have any daily practices, habits, routines that, you know, kind of keep you grounded and keep you in your, in your space, um, that you would like to share with anyone, any kind of little hacks for life. And, um, um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, I feel like actually, um, my chakra work has provided me with things that I do daily to help me stay grounded and in 
single day. And right now I'm at six miles a day. Um, so that's my root chakra. I dance every day. So I put on one song at least, and I just pop, pop, pop. And I just have a fun little dance session by myself. Um, if I can, but this is not something that I force upon myself. I really do listen to my body. If I can, um, you know, do some type of like physical exertion or exercise where it is more of like, you know, the solar plexus action of like discipline, you know, but like I said, some days I'm just tired. Some days I don't feel like it. Some days I don't. And generally what that comes down to is yoga. So I'll, I'll practice yoga. And, um, and then what else? I actually have this really fun um, kind of uh, journaling practice. It's called like an alchemical journal. And what I do is I pull a tarot card every morning and I like tap into spirit and I talk to my ancestors and my guides and I say, hey, like, what is the energy for the day? I get a card, I write it down. I write down the placements of like the sun and the moon and like, you know, astrologically. Um, and then I write my dreams. And living on an island, I mean, I've always had vivid dreams, but living on an island um, and anytime I've ever traveled on island, uh, my dreams are very vivid. They're very much lucid dreams. And so I've been writing down and I have like a, you know, a complete um, journal of all of these different insights and dreams and things that come to me um, while I sleep. So that's, that's another practice I have to kind of keep me, I, I'd say connected to spirit more so than like, you know, anything in the physical realm. Mm. That's so interesting about the dream aspect of it. It's so I, I went to Oahu on vacation um, and stayed for seven days and that's nothing like living there, I'm sure. But in, in my seven day little window that I had, <laughs> I had big goals and I said, I'm going to do, you know, seven different hikes. Like I'm going to, like, I had all of these, everything was planned out mm -hmm. and I ended up doing, I think four out of the seven because they are really Woo. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, so gung-ho about it. But afterwards I was like, oh my God, I'm dead. <laughs> I can't go out tomorrow. Um, but essentially, um, sorry, my cat Floyd is um saying hello to us. <laughs> but um, but essentially I, I felt this this island energy. And so I wanted to maybe hear a little bit about that if you have the time. Um Ooh, yes, I yeah. do. Time. Okay. Um, because so I did the cow crater hike, which is a pretty tough hike and it was very long. And um, <laughs> I was saying it's like eight miles, I think. Yeah. 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 And, and not like a flat eight miles. No, no. It's like uphill. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then in the mud and I, I, I was drenched. Like, it, wow. yeah. It, yeah. Not prepared. Did it by myself. Like, <laughs> yeah. Lost in the woods at some points. There's not really clear boundaries. Uh, I was like, I'm never coming out of here alive. I'm lost in Hawaii. They're going to have to send airplanes. What is happening? Um, and then the next day I did the, um, the stairway to heaven hike, which I don't even think a lot of people are doing right now. Yeah. It's um, closed. Not open. Yeah. So I, I did those back to back, which is like already insane person. Um, <laughs> and I just like, it was weird because I was by myself. And so I just felt this like energy, like guiding me through mm these waterfalls and through the forest. And I ended up finding these little secret little pockets. And I just felt so connected to nature. And again, that was only a seven day trip that I was there. And I did like all this hiking and then like gave myself a bougie day too. Um, 
bougie day um, at Elani, which was a really beautiful resort. Um, but um, but I'm curious, just living there, what that energy is, and then also th this lucid dreaming and kind of what you felt um, just being in Hawaii in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, this is a bit of a story, and it's going to take a turn, and no one's going to see it coming. Um, but, you know, we're going to turn down that street, and now we live here. So um, for me, I came to Oahu four years ago. And I came with my friend, Brianne, who is Hawaiian and she has family here. So the first time I even arrived, um, I was like, you know, doing the local thing. And I was riding with like 12 of her family members. You know, we stayed at our auntie's house, like, and we were here for two weeks. And the first day that we went to the beach, which was upon arrival, practically, she's putting sunscreen on my back. Cause I am a pasty white bitch. And, uh, she's like, Hey, I didn't know you had a tattoo back here. And I was like, I don't, what is it? She took a picture of it. And I had two upward arrows appear on my spine behind, but like beneath my skin, it kind of looked like a scarification. So like I have a tattoo like this and all of my tattoos are actually very like earth tones. And, uh, but like, it basically was two triangles without the bottom po pointing upwards on my skin. And, um, it stayed the whole time I was here. And so I would like literally like pull my shirt up and like ask locals. I'd be like, what do you think this is? Like, what do you think this means? And they'd be like, uh, Mauna Kea, you know, like maybe it's like the big volcano on the big Island, you know, like there's a lot of like, I don't know, you know, um, they're like, it's not a tattoo. And it's like, wasn't like a sports bra that I like laid on. Like it was nothing that like was expl explainable. All right. Now fast forward to when I moved here, moved here. I was quarantining for two weeks because that was the law. And one night, as you do, popping zits in the mirror. And I'm just like, huh, I wonder if I have any on my back. And I turn and I look and I have not triangles this time, but rectangles like a tower on my spine. And I took a picture this time and I actually have it and I can text it to you because it's trippy AF. Uh, but it looks like a tower. It looks like I'm like, like I'm getting charged, so to speak. Um, so the land here actually appears through my skin. Um, and I got my Akashic records read by my Reiki master and, um, Akashic records are like, you know, a compendium of like all human, um, existence, like beginning to end. And so if you are attuned, you can tap into people's ancestry, their guides and their, um, you know, ascended masters. And so I asked her when I got my Akashic record read, I said, Hey, like I've had symbols appear on my, my spine. And, um, I feel like, you know, it's like an extraterrestrial almost like I, I, I feel like it's definitely another world. It's like doing crop circles on my back. I don't understand it. Um, and I don't feel like when I see them, I don't feel fear. It wasn't scary. It's just like something I can't wrap my mind logically around. Right. So, um, she, you know, she tunes in, she's like, okay, let me ask. And so she's, she's like, okay, well, what they're saying is that you are very in tune with the land. And so what people do to the land, you feel and see within and on your body. And also, um, it's like a stamp 
She's like, it feels like it's a branding is what I'm hearing. She's like, you, it's kind of like a stamp and a passport. You have had extraterrestrial um, experiences and interactions throughout your lifetimes. She's like, so you are some type of antenna, some type of um, trans transistor. I don't know. So uh, being here and living here is um, basically just one long dialogue that doesn't stop. I just am always, always in con constant like communion and conversation. Um, I believe throughout my entire life, but mostly in like after my spiritual awakening specifically, I tuned into it in a sense of like being divinely guided and divinely protected. And so ever since I've really kind of opened that channel and being able to be in constant communion and contact with my own guides and ancestors and, and high vibrational beings, um, it's just, I feel like Hawaii is an easy access point for me. It's a clear channel. Um, and so, you know, I go on hikes probably once or twice a week, depending. Um, and I swim in the ocean every day and, uh, you know, and so when I go into the water, I, you know, I cleanse myself and I speak to her and I thank her. And, um, and, you know, this might sound some like hippy dippy shit, but like I, you know, I, that's what I do. And um, as far as the dreams go, uh, when I first got here, no shit, hand to God, like I had terrible nightmares from the spirits here on the island saying, why are you here? And so I've made reparations and I constantly like, you know, I, I thank the land for letting me come here because I know I'm not native, um, you know, and most of us are settlers on any land that we're on. And, um, and so really kind of acknowledging that in the place and, um, and making reparations and, and just being grateful, um, I think is very essential as well. Um, and the dreams that then kind of came after I, I did that kind of spiritual work. Um, and, um, and I also have like a chakra dream catcher, dream catcher that like actually really helps me, uh, personally, but, um, I've even began a practice of asking my guides before I fall asleep. Like if I need peace, like I'll say, please bring me peace through my dreams tonight or bring me a message from, you know, X, Y, and Z. And it doesn't always happen. Sometimes it's just very much like a subconscious, like hodgepodge of things that I've been thinking about. But there are times where I wake up feeling much more well-rested because I asked for a good night's sleep, you know? So it's, it's all happening and it's all, all there. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, being wow. here. Yeah. So much more we could unpack. Um, I feel like we're going to have, we're, we're going to have to go into like a part two, especially with the extraterrestrial dream. word. Like, yeah. That's definitely down. Like my, like, I love talking about that stuff. Um, Ooh, but yes. you know, really curious for our listeners, um, uh, where can, where can we find you? Like, where can people find you, search for you, connect with you? Yeah, I am on the social media platform of, uh, Instagram. My handle is at Melissa May Smith underscore. That is, um, May with an E, not a Y. Um, 
And I have a website, melissamaysmith.com. And that's where you can see, you know, my offerings. Um, I don't really have like a story, so to speak. I did have like kind of a download when I first moved here to, you know, start writing a book based on the chakra work I've been doing to like help incorporate stories and then also healing for people who also want to do this kind of work. Um, so that'll be something I, I begin. I don't know when, um, but yeah, Instagram is mostly where you can stay in touch with me. Um, uh, so have a podcast. I, I have a podcast that's really just me ranting for 20 minutes straight. It's not really, uh, there's no, there's no real like, um, overarching theme, you know, it's, um, mostly just me shooting the shit and just having like good hangs. Uh, it's called the sacred profane podcast because that's me in uh, in a nutshell sacred and profane so um yeah those are the ways i think that you can stay in touch and then as far as like um if you you know want a session with me if you want like distance reiki or um you know talk about a juice cleanse or you just want to talk to me you can also email me that's found on my website as well but it's melissa may smith or miss melissa may smith at gmail it's a long one but that's me Awesome. Thank you. Well, we yeah. really, really appreciate your time and you coming on here and sharing your story. And I feel like there's just, there's so much I would love to do a part two, just on the spirits, Akashic records and like, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> do it. Let's do it. <laughs> island because Hawaii is intense. And I know that, that the energy there is like, and Peru too, you brought up Peru. Oh I, yeah. There's been I've been to Peru there. and like, I mean, I know we all have, but I felt personally so connected there than, than Jerusalem, the, the crying wall. Like I felt, and that's supposed to be like my ancestry, but I felt in Peru, like something shifted. So, yeah. so much, so much to, to get. We should talk about that. We should do like a traveling yeah, stories. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys. Um, can see this. Do you want me to show you the the picture I took of the my back? Yeah. I don't know if it'll yeah. be able to like really see it. Hold on. Oh yeah. Ooh. If you put it a little further. What? That is freaking trippy. God, pick it oh, up. I saw it for a second. I know. It's... I saw it for a second too. Wait. Oh. Oh, there yeah, we are. Right there. Yeah. What? Oh. That is Whoa. so wild. <laughs> oh my. God god yeah so that wild yeah that that uh was hanging out on my back for a minute so um on that note we're gonna (laughs) the next episode is gonna be like (laughs) stay tuned for it stay tuned everybody thank you for listening to the bold and vulnerable podcast show so grateful for having you melissa um so grateful thank you so vulnerable and so open with us and just you you know we have this space, but you also held space for us. So you're just such a beautiful soul. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you for listening to the Bold and Vulnerable podcast. For more information on today's speaker, please visit us at boldandvulnerablepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Let's keep spreading the love by being bold and vulnerable. Thank you. We love you.